0: Hey friends, and welcome or welcome back to Farfetched Stories. My name is Ariam Verberg, I'm your resident fantasy author and your host on here. I'm so glad to have you with me, I'd almost say here at the end of everything. We're not quite at the end of The Raven's Tale yet, but I'd definitely say today's episode is a climactic one. Last week we had a confession and some heartbreak, and The Raven doggedly pursuing his goal... This week, he'll be forced to deal with the aftermath of that. And it's definitely going to be a climactic moment. And next week will be the second-to-last episode. And I'll tell you some more about where the podcast will be going after The Ravens stole that. So stay tuned. As always, I'd like to thank Diana Moore for narrating this episode, Louisa Mitchell for text editing, and Alex Liu for providing the music. If you want to stay up to date about all the things I'm working on, please visit remverburg.com, and you can read my blog or subscribe to my newsletter there. For now, please enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening and have a great day.
1: The Raven's Toll, Episode 12, Lost in the Fire. The raven thundered through the forest. The only sound was that of his footsteps. No branches snapping, no heavy breathing. He was finally fully himself again, at one with the forest. The bright bonfire in his mind drew closer and closer. Blow came out of nowhere. His heart exploded in his chest. He bent double, shocked and gasping for air. When he struggled up, he felt a pain that was not his own. Kuras, The commander's face swam before him in the dark. With it came that vague hint he'd felt when he left, now blossoming into sharp panic. Zori. The Squad. Mutiny. The blueprint of skill that had overlaid the world was crudely ripped away. His mind was once again his own, and Kuras's panic screamed through his veins. For one endless second, he stood still. He'd fucked up. His stomach sank with the realization he hadn't been protecting Kuras at all. He'd been failing him. The run back was a frantic, desperate blur. With all his might, he willed Khoras alive, but the commander was too far away. The raven could not help him now. As he ran, a new fire kindled within him. A new rage. Which utils were responsible. Why hadn't Zori stopped this? Were they a part of this? Calm down, calm down, a frantic mantra in his head. Do not do more damage. He jumped across his stream. His heels sank into the muddy bank, but he barely felt it. Three massive trunks, sinuous hills in the dark, separated him from the camp. Two trunks. One. Then, the clearing, lit sparsely by one dying fire. Blurry motions. A skirmish. A scream. The raven's superior senses cut through the dark pinning down Kuras and some attackers. His eyes caught on the blood on Kuras's white shirt. Without hesitation, he jumped down and landed in the middle of the camp. The util closest to him stepped back, revealing the full, gruesome scene. They had the commander on his knees. Two utils flanked him, holding his arms back, while a third stood in front of him. The knife that hung heavily from one hand still dripped with blood. "'Let them go!' The raven boomed. Heads turned. Only now he took in the group around Kuras, Utils with their hands still up, frozen in a fight. Zori was among them. His eyes flashed over theirs, briefly locking, but he couldn't make out anything from their depths. The Util with the knife turned on him. They were Contelian, tall and burly, with pale shoulder-length hair. Their eyes were hostile slits in the dark. You're too late, advisor, they smirked. You should have been here when he was squealing like a witta cub. Drop the knife. An eerie calm descended on him, centuries of absolute power unfurling in his chest. No, the util raised their knife in defiance. No, I think you're next. Rova, Zori's voice was as sharp as the blade that faced the raven. Stop this madness. In response, the blade flashed in the dark. People yelled, and the fighting resumed. Rova pushed their way forward effortlessly as the raven stood there and felt his thin veil of control coming undone. This is your last chance, he said in a strange low voice. Rova grinned and advanced. The campfire roared up from its low crouch, drawn by receding sap in the trees around it. Surprise details yelled and jumped away from the flames. In the sudden sea of light, The raven laughed while Rova's arm came up and turned the knife on the utils' own throat. What? What's happening? Stunned utils stopped in their tracks. The two that had held up Goras let him go, and the commander sagged to the ground. The sight unraveled the last strand of the raven's control. He was only trying to help you, idiots! Someone laughed loudly. He realized it was him. He tried to help you, and you killed him for it! Rova's eyes widened as the knife's edge nestled against their throat and started to push down. More screams. What is he doing? Someone lit a torch. Past Rova's shoulder, the raven caught Zori's eye. You're Vanta, they said tonelessly. At this admonition, total chaos broke out. Utils screamed, scrambled over each other to get out of the clearing, pushing each other into the fire in their haste to get away. No, the raven stammered. His blood turned cold with the realization of what he had just done. No, wait, I'm sorry. But even while he said it, he saw it was too late. The flames from the jubilant fire had reached the arms of eagerly awaiting trees bent over to welcome them. Vanta! Vanta! Run for your life! Kurasa's attackers dispelled, led by the util carrying the torch. Another tree snapped down, blocking the way, stretching its branches hungrily towards flames springing up from the torch. The branches caught fire, and quickly, a wall of heat and smoke blocked the util's path. Opposite him, Rova opened their eyes, the knife still pressed against their throat. With sickeningly precise observation, the raven saw fear spread through the big util. Rova dropped the knife, turned around, and jumped blindly into the flames. Shocked into action, the raven ran to Koras's side, who now lay abandoned in the clearing. As quickly as he could, he drew moisture to the moss on the forest floor, guiding the fire away and around in a wide circle. Kuras's face was white as bone. The gulf of bile rose in the raven's throat. The commander blinked. T.A., what are you doing? Relief and guilt overwhelmed him in equal parts. To the river, he heard Zori yell behind his back. Keep your head! Help each other! The raven looked around at the utils, who were frantically trying to find a way out of the clearing. The trees all around them were now alight. Kuras groaned, causing him to turn back to the commander. Liquid brown eyes fixated on him. Leave me. Help them. I can't... I saw you. Kuras drew in a slow, painful breath. You did this. You've been doing this for days now go undo it a tiny bitter smile i command you unexpectedly tears gathered thick in the raven's throat and clouded his sight he wiped them away and got up securing the safe circle around kuras before turning his attention to the utils the forest was one big roaring fire now trees groaning under its tyranny With sickening pops, branches exploded and fell away. From the corner of his eye, the raven caught a burning figure, screaming as it disappeared between the trees. Rova. Another wave of nausea rolled over him. He'd done this. Again. He stared at the flames, forcing himself to see the destruction he'd wreaked. Again. For one brief moment, he wanted to turn it around and leave it all to burn. Undo it. Kuros whispered in his ear. Yes. Yes. The sudden resolve revived him. He tried to make sense of the fray. Zori teetered on the edge of the clearing, looking for a way out, protectively standing between the fire and a large group of panicked utils. At the sight of the raven, a few of them yelped in terror. I'll help you! He screamed to be heard over the roaring flames. Zori's eyes were flat and emotionless as they met his. Steer them to the right, he yelled, ignoring their contempt. He deserved every last bit of it, but he'd deal with that later. All that mattered now was saving them. There were too many utils to make a circle around, and they'd never trust him anyway. They needed the river. He lifted his arms and planted his feet firmly into the ancient ground of Magoya Forest, and started to draw the sap from the trees to the sides. The fire followed in a fiery game of tag, drawn to the driest wood. A small, flickering tunnel appeared to Zori's right. There! He briefly lowered one arm to point it out. To the stream! The full weight of the fire fell on him, and he quickly raised his arms back up. With all his might, he strained against the flames. I can't hold much longer! He yelled at Zori. Go! He smelled scorched flesh and was instantly transported back to the last time he'd smelled it. Desperately, he widened the Utils' escape route. He started to cry. Go! he repeated hoarsely. Zori's eyes flickered to the tunnel he'd opened, and back to him. With a curt nod, they assembled what remained of the squad. One by one, the Utils ran into the tunnel and disappeared in the direction of the river. Zori was the last to go. They gave him one last, unreadable look before they disappeared. And even amid the roaring fire, he knew he wouldn't forget that look for as long as he lived. When the Utils had disappeared from sight, he raised his arms up further, willing the fire back, willing quivering tree trunks to lie still and allow the Utils safe passage to the river. With all his might, he seduced the flames, guiding them in the direction of the water that would render them harmless. In the process, many more trees caught fire, and he felt every burning trunk acutely, as if it was a limb from his own body. He was still crying, recklessly throwing all of his strength into his task. Finally, the fire subsided, but the raven barely registered it. Spent and half-conscious, he slumped to the forest floor. chorus With a start, he jolted awake. He sat up, and stared at the ravaged clearing. It was abandoned. Skeletal, blackened stumps stretched away from him on all sides. Tiny flecks of ash twirled through the air like snow. His throat was thick with vile smoke. About twenty feet away from him, a perfect circle of green remained. And in the middle of that circle lay Kuraslaus. The raven found that he could not stand. On his knees and elbows, he crawled over to the commander. Kuras Kuras The commander's wide brown eyes flicked open, and for a few seconds the raven allowed himself to cling to his relief, like a child to a birthday wish. Then he noticed the pallor on Kuras' face, and the blood still weakly bubbling up through his ravaged white shirt. The commander's head lolled to the side, his eyes closing again. Kuras he yelled. But the clearing was still and lifeless, and no answer came.
0: Hello, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, or you have questions or remarks about where the story is going, I would love to hear from you. You can tweet at me. I'm on Instagram. And for thoughts that won't fit into a tweet, you can also email me. All that information is available at remverberg.com. And that's also where you can subscribe for my newsletter that contains email notifications for the podcast, as well as some friendly banter and some writer musings. That's all for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll catch you for the next one in two weeks. Bye!